Lord, and uh, we're going to look at two verses tonight, 1 Chronicles uh, chapter number 4. If you find the book of Kings, we've got the Samuels, then we've got the Kings, and we've got the Chronicles, and uh, Chronicles and chapter number 4. Uh, today is a special day for me. Uh, of course, Wednesdays are always special. I do enjoy Wednesdays. Um, but uh, today is May 19th, and uh, it was three years ago today that I preached at Cornerstone Baptist Church for the very first time. And uh, that was the first day, first time I met many of you, and so I've got to meet you all about three years ago today. And so happy third anniversary or birthday or whatever that is. Um, so friendiversary, I think is what it's called, right? The friendiversary. And so uh, this is when I met many of you for the very first time, and uh, what a blessing it's been these last three years, and uh, to God be the glory for all that he has done in our lives and in our church, and, um, and uh, we hope and pray that the best is yet to come. First uh, Chronicles chapter number 4, verse number 9 and 10 is where we're going to really focus in and zero in tonight. First uh, Chronicles 4, verse number 9, the Bible says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. And uh, let's pray together. Lord, I do pray that uh, you would help us to learn some real valuable lessons from this passage of Scripture, from this prayer of Jabez. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would give us wisdom. Uh, I pray, Lord, you'd help us to focus in now on what you'd have for us. Um, and uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be good hearers, but then help us then to be good doers of what we hear. Help us, Lord, to uh, apply these truths to our life. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So, uh, we began at the beginning of the year this uh, series on Wednesday nights through the uh, different prayers of the Bible. We called it the Blueprints of Prayer. Um, and uh, we're looking at the different prayers in the Bible. And tonight we come to one that really is a gold nugget in this, uh, in this genealogy. Now, um, there, there may be somebody here tonight, but... How many of you would say, I am a fan of reading genealogies in the Bible? Would you, would you raise your hand? Okay, Jesse is not one. Okay, not, not the biggest fan of reading through the genealogies in the Bible. And the genealogy in the Bible, for me as well, are not the most engaging, interesting. Although there's spiritual lessons tucked away in these genealogies that you can learn from, I've heard uh, a number of messages from the genealogy in, the, in Matthew chapter 1, for example, on the different ladies that are mentioned in that genealogy and, uh, and, and, and the aspects of the gospel that each one of them represent. It's really a, a cool message and a cool thought. Uh, but typically, you don't hear a lot of messages from a genealogy. Well, tonight, we're in the right smack dab in the middle of a very giant, long genealogy that starts... In 1 Chronicles chapter number 1, goes all the way through chapter number 9. And uh, we find this little nugget, this gold nugget, as we, as we make our way through 
the genealogy. And, and if you're like me, you kind of just skim through them real quick. You know, when you're Bible reading time, it's, it, you, you don't really take the time to pronounce each name. And, you know, okay, let me go and look that person up and see if I can. Typically, you're just kind of making your way through it. Well, if you're not careful, you might even skip over. You'll kind of be in that glazed look as you're reading through this and just kind of skim through this. But these two verses uh, teach us a lot about prayer and about the Lord's grace and mercy in our life. Um, and uh, yeah, this if you go back to uh, 1 Chronicles chapter number 1, verse 1, it starts with uh, a man that we all know named Adam. It, it starts all the way there, and then it really goes through uh, a huge genealogy and then gets to these... Uh, different tribes and goes through the different people in these tribes and and again you know you kind of get lost and you, you kind of don't really get a lot out of it but but if we stop here in in chapter 4 and verse 9 and 10 uh, we we come to a man that's listed in this genealogy just this average man named Jabez and uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a moment tonight and kind of dissect these these two verses and and learn some thoughts here about the prayer of Jabez uh, how many of you have uh, heard the prayer of Jabez before or, or, or have heard a message about, uh, about this prayer before? Would you raise your hand? Okay, so a few of you have, most of you have, about half the crowd at least. Um, so, so these thoughts will be probably familiar, a little review for you, uh, but uh, maybe some good reminders as well that we have uh, maybe let go in our life. Um, but uh, before we get into the prayer, first of all, I want us to look tonight at the character of the person. Uh, we're going to uh, look at Jabez a little bit before we get into his prayer, but the character of the person. Now, as you go back, if, you, if your Bible, like I need to go back to chap chapter 4, verse 1, um, it talks about the sons of Judah. So we know, first of all, that uh, Jabez was from the tribe of Judah, and Judah uh, was the ruling tribe in that day. Uh, they were the ones that were kind of given charge of the other uh, tribes. And so he, J Jabez, was one of the rulers there in Israel uh, since Judah was the ruling tribe. And so that's significant to know uh, later on when we go into his prayer. But then, uh, but his name is significant as well. Uh, in fact, the Bible records his name only three times in all of Scripture and we read all three instances in these two verses, <laughs> okay? So his name only appears three times, uh, twice in verse number 9 and once in verse number 10, and then that's it. The Bible is silent about Jabez the rest of the time. Uh, but his name is significant. Uh, if you have a uh, margin in your Bible that uh, sometimes explains what, what, they, what, what some things mean, uh, mine, mine does, and it it. Jabez means, well, what does your Bible say? I'll, I'll, I'll let you give it an opportunity to help teach the, the, the message tonight. Who wants to raise your hand? And Okay. What's that? Honorable? Well, um, his, his name, the name Jabez. The name Jabez in, uh, in, the, in the center margin of your Bible. Who has, who has that? Sorrowful. So the name Jabez means sorrowful, okay? And here's what, um, here's why he was named that. At the end of verse number nine, it says, 
his mother called his name Jabez or sorrowful, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. So evidently, the childbirth experience that Jabez's mom had was so terrible that she named him after that horrible experience. Okay, it would be equivalent to your mom. Okay, my wife had four children. I was there for all four births. And uh, uh, the word ouch was said several times. So can you imagine us naming one of our children ouchie? Yo, ouchie, come here. Um, isn't there a quarterback in, or a receiver in the NFL? At least there was, Ocho Cinco. Uh, remember, he, had, he literally legally changed his name to Ocho Cinco. 85 was his jersey number, and he changed it to Ocho Cinco. So that's, that's kind of close, Ocho, ouchie. Um, another equivalent that I thought of a little more closer to home, Jalen Hurts. Okay? <laughs> Yo, Hurts. Okay? Um, but, but can you imagine growing up with the name Ouchie? That would not be the greatest name ever to, you would probably say, please call me by my middle name. Or please, I'm going to come up with a different name. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Jabez, that's basically what Jabez meant back in those days. Sorrowful, painful, ouchie. Uh, very uncomfortable. And so that was how he grew up. And that's what his mom named him. And many times, uh, I mean, his mom, usually moms aren't mentioned here. And uh, women aren't usually mentioned in the genealogy. But, but here in verse number nine, his mom comes to the spotlight and highlighted in scripture. Um, because she probably, she probably was a uh, pretty outspoken individual. And said, no, no, we're, we're going to name him Jabez because that, that birth experience was the worst ever. And so his name needs to be called J Jabez. So he had kind of a rough beginning. And, and uh, you know, every time he heard his name, it was a reminder of the fact that he caused pain to his mom. And that probably weighed on him and that probably was... Uh, pretty heavy weight that he had to carry around with him throughout his life, uh, knowing that he caused tremendous pain and hurt and sorrow in his mom's life, so much so that she named him that. Could he have used that as an excuse to go off the deep end? Probably, and a lot of people do in that, in, in our culture today, where they don't have the best upbringing, their parents don't believe in them, and and as a result, they live up to their bad expectations. But Jabez said, that may be the expectations my parents had for me, but I'm going to change course. See, and we, and we look at the, what Miss Pat said that his name really means, or what he's known for, is not being sorrowful and uh, not causing pain. But actually, verse number 9 says he was... Here's how he's introduced in Scripture. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Even though he had this a loserville name that no one would want, he decided that he was going to live an honorable life. 
And so that goes to show you that our past does not necessarily uh, mean that we have to end up a certain way. Or uh, our uh, background in our family life means that we have to end a certain way. No, no, no. We can break the mold. We can break the chain. And Jabez did. His parents had very low expectations for him, and uh, yet he was more honorable than his brethren. And that's the Holy Spirit pointing that out here. And uh, that's a tremendous tribute. And, uh, and by the way, a very important element to consider before we get into the prayer. A lot of times when we look at this prayer, we leave that part out, that he was honorable, that he was living a righteous life. Because that is a key element in this prayer. So we really don't have any uh, record either of all the things that Jabez did. We don't, we don't have him, you know, being a hero like uh, maybe Samson was or uh, some of the David's mighty men. Uh, we don't have record of anything that he did or any position that he held per se, but we do have record of his prayer. And that goes to show us that, look, God is willing and able to use the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. Uh, we don't have to be some prophet. We don't have to be some uh, high political office to have a, a God's ear. We can just be a random, and of course random is not the right word, but an ordinary, regular person. And God will hear our prayers. That's an encouragement for me uh, because I'm not this great, you know, a big namer person, um, but God delights to hear in the from the ordinary people like me and like you. That should be an encouragement to us tonight. That uh, God wants to hear you pray. Uh, Samuel Chadwick said this about prayer. He said, "Ordinary people may pray about commonplace things, and the answer to their prayers may be in, in an enlightened mind, a triumphant soul, a steadfast faith, and a holy life." There may be no miraculous incidents, but prayer lifts the lowliest and most ordinary life to the exalted plane of the supernatural, and that is the greatest miracle of all. Good thought. So that's the uh, character of the person, but let's look secondly tonight at the content of the prayer. The content of the prayer is found in verse number 10, where it says, And Jabez, this is the third instance that his name is mentioned in the Bible, and uh, Auchi called on the, on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. And so Jabez understood that God does listen to prayer, and uh, he depended upon the Lord in his prayer. Uh, what, did he, what did he pray for? Well, uh, we can kind of sum all of this prayer up into three major prayer requests that he had uh, as he goes to, the, goes to the God of Israel in prayer. First of all, he prayed for God's provision. And we, we see that in the phrases, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast. Those two phrases there, those two uh, parts of his prayer really fall into the he prayed for God's provision aspect. Um, and uh, 
lest we think that he was being selfish in this prayer, uh, he wasn't saying, Lord, please give me tons of money so that I can be rich and uh, spend all my money on me. I saw a video yesterday of a $500 million mansion in Bel Air, California. $500 million for this thing. Um, if I remember right, it was 100,000 square feet. A little bigger than my house, just a tad. I mean, can you imagine the, uh, the cleaning day that that would be? <laughs> Time to clean the house, kids. It would take weeks to do that. Um, it had, I mean, it had some pretty sweet features in this house. Uh, but that's not what Jabez was, uh, Lord, please bless me with a huge house and luxurious items so that I can, you know, show everything off to all my friends. That's not really what this prayer was all about. He was honestly, uh, when you dig a little deeper in this prayer and, and do a little more study, and I don't know that I have the time tonight to develop it, and I would invite you to do your own research and study on your own. But um, he was actually praying for God to increase his blessings so that he could be a blessing to the people that he led. Remember I said he was of the tribe of Judah? That meant that he had people that he oversaw and uh, he wanted to, I believe, uh, really be a blessing to others. And so he wanted God to bless him so that he in turn could then bless those who were under him. Praying for God's provision is a good thing to do. We're instructed to do that, even in the Lord's Prayer, even in the model prayer that we studied back in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 11. Remember, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, that is a prayer of provision. And uh, certainly J Jabez here is praying for God to provide for him, that he would bless him and that he would enlarge his coast. We're instructed in James 1 and verse 5, Hey, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. We're instructed to ask for provision, uh, particularly in the area of wisdom. And here's a tremendous promise. Do write this reference down and look it up on your own later, and that is Psalm 81 and verse 10. Psalm 81 and verse 10. Here the Lord says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And then here's what God says. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. You say, well, I, I don't want to ask for that. I don't want to bother God with that. I mean, there's a lot of other people who have big needs. God is infinitely, he is infinite. He's not going to get tapped out. He, he, he's not going to get depleted. His blessings, his blessing supply never gets, will never get depleted. So, so don't think God can't answer your prayer. He says, in fact, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I mean, I remember when we were in Montana. Um, I'll share this super, story, super quick story with you. Uh, we had, it was about, it was beginning of spring and uh, all the little little birds start hatching around the area. Well, there was a bird that got into uh, one of our vents. We didn't have a vent cover on our house there. 
and uh, a bird made a nest in that vent area inside where you couldn't get to it. It was a beautiful place for a, a nest, uh, warm and covered. And uh, this bird made the nest there. Well, there was eggs. Those eggs began to hatch. And we were walking by one, one day, the side of our house, and we heard all these you know, so cute, you know, the sounds of spring. Well, it was like, what are they doing up there? Well, my wife, of course, she's not here to vouch for any of this, but this, this really did happen. She was like, Eric, I think we really need to get that, those out of there and, and uh, get, they don't need to be in there. We need to get them out somehow. And so I got a ladder up and I reached in there and there's these little birds that were just days old, maybe even hours old. And they were just chirping, and their eyes were kind of covered still. They looked like they were blind birds. But they just had their beaks open wide, and they just wanted me as their mama bird to drop a, <laughs> to drop a, a worm in there or some food in there. Well, the Lord, and, and, and it's a longer story than that, um, how we tried to save them, and it didn't really work out that good. <laughs> so it's kind of not the greatest ending to that story so um, I'm definitely not a bird doctor at all um, don't give me any birds to take care of I'm not good at it uh, but but God wants us with him to say and to expect him to fill our lives with blessings he delights to bless us now it's not a guarantee that God's going to give us all the blessings you and I in our hearts whim and, and desire no no that's not the way it works but, but God does delight and can and, and wants to bless his people. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're called to open our mouth wide, and then God wants to fill it. So let that be an encouragement to pray for some blessings. Not so that you can get wealthy and, and increase your uh, standard of living, but so that you can increase your standard of giving. So that you can... Be a blessing to others, because once again, when God blesses us, it's not so that we go, oh good, I'm going to hoard that for me. No, the purpose of the blessings of God in our life is for us to use that to bring glory to him and to bless others. It's perfectly healthy and right for you to pray that God would increase your income so that perhaps you can give more to missions. That's perfectly a, a great wonderful prayer to pray uh, but if your goal in getting rich or, or getting more income is so that you can increase your bank account i mean within reason that's a healthy thing to pray but that can become a very selfish thing uh, and we do need to guard that in our hearts and lives so um he prayed for god's provision um oh that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast it wasn't so that i can have this you know, this $500 million uh, mansion to live in. No, so that the people that I'm, that I'm over will be blessed. Well, they'll have plenty of space and it'll be a blessing to them. That was his heart behind that prayer. So Jabez prayed for God's provision. He secondly prayed for God's presence. Uh, verse number 10 again, enlarge my coast and then here it is, and that thine hand might be with me. Now, when we, a lot of times, Lord, please be with me as I do this. Please be with me. Um, technically, as a, as a New Testament believer, we don't need to pray that. 
theologically, in the New Testament, we know that the Lord, at the moment of our salvation, as we talked about on Sunday morning, comes and dwells within us. And he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. So technically, he's always with us. So we pray, please be with us tonight as we gather together. He's already with us. And uh, he'll never leave us. Hebrews uh, 13.5 tells us, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for you said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So technically... Uh, and, of course, Jabez is not a New Testament believer. He was in the Old Testament. The Lord wasn't with uh, people like he is now in the New Testament era. So that's just kind of an important thing for us to understand here. It's not a wrong thing to pray, though, for God's hand of blessing and favor to be upon us. And I believe that's the application we can make as New Testament believers. And that thine hand might be with me. Of course, his hand is a, uh, is a reference to his working in our life and his blessing in our life. Um, there's a song, and I don't remember who wrote it. I don't know. I don't even know how the song goes. But um, before I seek your hand, Lord, help me to seek your face. Does anybody remember that song or have heard something like that? Um, I'm getting it wrong, the, the lyrics. But the idea is that Lord, I, I don't really want, before I am wanting you to do things in my life, I just want to seek you and seek your face and to spend time with you instead of asking you, okay, you're going to be my genie and I need you to do this and that and this and here's my, here's my hit list for you, Lord, and go ahead and, uh, and uh, you go ahead and take care of my to-do list. No, that's not, that's not who God is. Um, but um, he did pray for God's hand of blessing and favor upon him, and that's a, that's a healthy thing to do. Um, but he prayed for God's presence, and again, not necessarily a prayer that we need to pray, uh, because as a believer, he is always present with me. But then thirdly, he prayed this. He prayed for God's protection. And this is, a, this is an interesting uh, interesting aspect of his prayer here so far he's kind of like lord please bless me please increase my uh my coast and that your hand of blessing would be upon me as i go forward in my life and then he says and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me so he prayed for god's protection in his life that he would that god would keep him from sin god would keep him from evil so that it would not grieve him and Jesus instructed us to include this in our prayers, too, back in Matthew 6. Verse number 13 says, lead us not into temptation, remember, but to deliver us from evil. So Jesus instructed us to pray for God's protection in our life as well. And uh, Jabez did here in uh, 1 Chronicles 4.10. And then he, he, so he asked that he would protect them and keep them from evil. But then he, he adds this there that it may not grieve me. You see, sin does indeed bring grief to the person sinning. He had uh, already caused enough sorrow, he felt like, in his life. I've already caused sorrow and grief to my mom. 
I mean, she named me after it, after all. I don't want to cause any other grief. I don't, I don't want to cause sorrow to anybody else in my life because my name is sorrowful. I don't want to cause anybody else to sorrow, especially me. Because he says that it may not grieve me. Um, does sin bring grief to the person sinning? You better believe it. I think all of us can testify that when we are living in sin and or when we lived in sin before salvation and how much grief that we were under and there was zero peace in our life. But then even as a believer, when we live in sin and we're trying to pretend like all is well and that, that, that guilt that weighs us down is just tremendously grieving to us. Here's what David said. Remember David? The man after God's own heart who sinned against, Bathsheba, sinned against the Lord by um, committing adultery with Bathsheba, killing Uriah ultimately, and trying to just cover up his sin. Um, he was able to get away, from, away with it for a while, but uh, here's the internal grief that he was going through. Psalm 32 uh, records this. David said, when I kept silence, like I kept my sin Inside, I kept it internalized. I, it, it, was, it was not out in the open yet. It was just inside, and when it was silent, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. In other words, that grief that I was experiencing because of the sin that I had, ha I had committed that only a few people really knew about, it was, it was starting to affect me physically. He said, my bones waxed old. I just started to age a lot faster. Uh, you've ever seen a picture of somebody and you're and uh, they look fairly old and, and, and you find out how old they are and you're like, whoa, they're only 35. They look like they're 68. Not that 68 looks old. I better be careful <laughs> on this. Because I'm getting closer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but just so you know, okay, this is just so you know about my age. Um, Addie uh, Garrett started working at um, Crumble Crumble Cookies. By the way, good cookies, not as good as Julie's cookies, but uh, I do need to throw that little disclaimer in in case she listens to this later. <laughs> uh, but uh, we went to go try to see uh, Addie and and give her a hard time, you know, and uh, embarrass her in front of her employees and stuff. That's what we like to do. And um, we were trying to do that. Well, she wasn't working, but, uh, but we said, is, is Addie here? Because we're from her church. And then so she told us on Sunday, I was like, hey, we went to go see you. And she said, yeah, my uh, coworker said this young couple came in. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So they need a raise for sure. Um, so anyway, we're back to the point here. Okay. <laughs> Major sidetrack, major rabbit trail. The point is, you've all seen pictures of people who look way older than their age really is. And it's because they many times have lived a life of sin, and that grief that sin causes uh, begins to affect us physically. Uh, David said, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day, and he said, for day and night. Thy hand was heavy upon me. It was 
this heavy burden that I was carrying around on my shoulders, this, this guilt that I had. And then he said, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I mean, there, there was just no joy in my heart. There was just, it, it was empty. I was, I was dried up because of the guilt that I had and because of my sin. But sin doesn't just, by the way, grieve the person committing the sin, though it does. It also grieves others around you. Many different illustrations in the Bible, and we'll stay with David here for a moment. Uh, his sin did not just affect him. The results and the consequences of his sin were far-reaching to a lot of people uh, dealt with the consequences of those sin, and it grieved them. But far worse than sin grieving the person sinning and it grieving others is the fact that sin grieved God. Um, Psalm 51 and verse number 3, again, this is part of David's confession to the Lord, his psalm of confession, Psalm 51 is. He said, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Again, this is part of the grieving that it was to David. It was like, man, every... I just can't get the thought out of my mind. When I close my eyes, I think about it. When I go to bed at night, it's there. I dream about it. It's like I'm always reminded of the sin that I committed. It's just constantly before me, and I'm tired of it. And then he says, though, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And that is a remarkable thing to say because it is evil, and it is in his sight, and it does grieve him. My sin grieves God, and so does all of ours. And Jabez understood that sin does grieve me, it grieves others, and it grieves God, so please, Lord, protect me from that. And that's a tremendous thing for us to pray in our prayers as well. A lot of times when we hear messages about this or, or, or we think about Jabez's prayer, it's like, oh, yeah, God, give me more. I can get behind that prayer. Yeah, I love that prayer. But we forget this part where God, please keep me and protect me from falling into sin so that I don't experience personal guilt. I don't hurt others around me like my family, like my church family, my community. And ultimately so that I don't grieve you, Lord. And we're told in the Bible, in the New Testament, to grieve not the Holy Spirit. Um, well, we do that. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? When we sin, <laughs> uh, when we disobey God, and when he is trying to get us to not sin, and we say, you know what? Forget you. I'm doing my own thing. That grieves him. Jabez understood that while his name meant sorrow, he never wanted his life to cause sorrow to himself, to others, or to the Lord. And so he asked for God's protection. He said, my name means ouchie and pain and sorrow. I don't really want to bring any more ouchie pain and sorrow into any other life, including my own, but especially yours, Lord. And so he prayed for, yes, God's provision. He prayed for God's presence, but then he prayed for God's protection. And then number three, and this is a last quick thought here, and that is the conclusion of the petition. Number three, the conclusion of the petition. What happened after he prayed? Look in verse number 10. And the last part of it says, the last sentence, and 
By the way, notice uh, the Holy Spirit here, uh, and, and there, there's an explanation point after that prayer. In other words, there was a fervency there, wouldn't you say? It says, and God granted him that which he requested. So God answered his prayer and granted everything that he requested. He granted uh, the prayer for God's provision. So he did indeed bless Jabez um, so that Jabez could be a blessing to others. He did enlarge his coast. He did give Jabez his presence and his hand of blessing. The Lord did indeed protect Jabez from evil and from hurting himself and others. From this we learn that God delights to hear our prayers and to answer them as well. Proverbs 15 and verse number 8 says this, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But I love the last part of this verse where it says, But the prayer of the upright is his delight. He delights when someone who is living an upright, righteous life goes to him in prayer. Like Jabez, who was more honorable than his brethren. He was an honorable man, a righteous man, an upright man, and he went to God in prayer. And according to Proverbs 15, 8, that brings delight to God. When you and I, it doesn't matter if we're this big name person or just an ordinary person who maybe had a rough upbringing and our background's not exactly the best up background, who is living an honorable life and goes to God in prayer and faith saying, Lord, I'm going to open my mouth wide and I'm going to expect and ask you to fulfill it. God delights in that. Um, there is another verse in uh, James chapter 5, and I don't have it in my notes, so I'm going to turn there. James chapter 5 and verse number 16 says, the, uh, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a, what kind of man availeth much? A righteous man. An honorable man. An upright man. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I believe that's what we see here in the life of Jabez. Was he perfect? There, there's no one who has been perfect other than the Lord Jesus himself. But he was honorable. And uh, he did right. And he went to God in faith. And as a result, God mightily blessed him. Robert E. Lee, I'll, I'll end with a couple of, couple of quotes. One by... Uh, Robert E. Lee, and one by somebody even more famous than that. Robert E. Lee said this about prayer. He said, Knowing that intercessory prayer is our mightiest weapon and the supreme call for all Christians today, I pleadingly urge our people everywhere to pray. Believing that prayer is the greatest contribution that our people can make in this critical hour. By the way, we're in a critical hour in our country, aren't we? He said, I humbly urge that we take time to pray, to really pray. Let there be prayer at sunup, at noonday, at sundown, at midnight, all through the day. Let us all pray for our children, our youth, our aged, our pastors, our homes, 
Let us pray for our churches. Let us pray for ourselves that we may not lose the word concern out of our Christian vocabulary. Let us pray for our nation, he says. Let us pray for those who have never known Jesus Christ and redeeming love. For moral forces everywhere, for our national leaders, let prayer be our passion. Let prayer be our practice. Good words, Mr. Lee. Then the last quote, I'll end with this one. It's from none other than, uh, well, it's from the Word of God. Uh, 1 John 5 and verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, John says, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And uh, Jabez understood that. And uh, he was willing to call upon the name of the Lord, and he was willing to ask anything according to God's will. And God heard it, and what the Bible says, God granted him that which he requested.